Hallelujah. Get your Bibles out and go to John 4. For the ones of you that are here for the first Expresso service, you are allowed to stay over for Shekinah. Nobody's going to be mad at you for going to church twice in one week. John chapter 4, I've had something real strong on my heart. It's going to be fun this morning. Don't you love the gifts of God? God is a giver, and he gave gifts to men. And so I want to talk a minute about gifts and the gifts that God has given to me. Thank you, Bob. John 4, and you'll see in a minute where I'm going with this, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun. John 4, 7, a woman of Samaria came and Jesus said, give me a drink. The disciples had gone into the city to buy food, and then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, Give me a drink, you'd have asked him and he'd have given you living water. Now, stop right there. God is a giver. Salvation is a gift from God. Nothing you've earned. But we, talk, you know, we're in the Christmas season, and um, we talk a lot about gift giving and receiving gifts. And but yet, God is the original giver. I give because He gave. I love because He loved. You can't give away what you don't have. But the first thing that He gave us was Zoe life. Now, when we say eternal life, we're not talking about just the fact that we live forever. We're talking about the fact that God took something inside of him that makes him God. When Adam sinned, he lost life. He died. So he had no life in him. So that when his body died, he descended into the pit. God doesn't send anyone to hell. Hell is the absence of God. But if God could get Zoe life back in you, you can't go to hell. So it's, 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 it's the stuff that makes God, God. And so he deposited that inside of you when you were born again. And that's the gift. That's a gift from God. Now we're walking around now with his nature in us. Now, we'll get into that more in a minute, but that's actually quite phenomenal. So let me say it another way. I have noticed in Justin a lot of my attributes, and I've noticed in Justin a lot of Lisa's attributes, a lot of the stuff that's in me is in him. You will probably look at your kids and notice it also. When, when you were born again, you actually took on many of the attributes of, of what makes God, God. You became a lot like him. You, be, you actually became a little father God. You, just Justin's little Daryl. Now, think about this for a minute because... Amen, that's all right. I, I know jealousy when I hear it. There's a lot of things that I do naturally. Um, there are giftings that are in me inherit from God. Um, preaching comes natural to me. Uh, deer hunting, fishing, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things inside of me. And Justin just picked them right up. And it wasn't that he just started doing them. They're in there. They're in him. Now, the same thing's true because he got a dose of mama. So Lisa sings, leads worship, plays guitars, plays pianos, and Justin got those gifts. So 
You know, he can thank us later, especially at Christmas. But you have a lot of attributes from your parents. But when Jesus makes this statement, we've, we've, we've thought, we've read eternal life as though that just means live forever. But really it's not. It's literally God placing himself inside your spirit. And so you came out a lot more like him than you'll thank you think. So, you know, how many of you, you know, you, you're emotional or when something's done wrong, you hurt. Those come from God. They're, he's like that. He's not staunch all the time. He, 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 he feels, he hurts. He, he, can have his, he can have his feelings hurt. And people think he can't, but he does. All right, look, now let's look at another one here, Acts 2.38. I'm going to look at a few scriptures today. Got to watch my time because I got someplace I got to go. 2.38, and Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission. And you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, not only did he give you the gift of eternal life, he gave you the gift of the person of the Holy Ghost. Now, that's powerful. So who, who helped Jesus in his earth walk remain victorious? The Holy Ghost. Who got him out of hell when he went down in there? The Holy Ghost. So God has given you the same gift, and he's not just on you, he's inside you. The gift in you is for you. The gift on you is for others. So he gave you and I a gift, and, and we, and I'm, I, I may have to pick this up and go on next week and next week after that, because there's so much in here that we've never scratched the surface of yet. But let's go to Romans chapter 11. I want you to read this one now. Um, Romans 11. And again, the reason I'm doing this, this service is Shekinah Glory only does one. And so they, Lisa says, you got to do the first service. And I went, I can do that. Um, I love preaching, so I'm fine. Amen? Amen. Romans 29. It says, for the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Now, I love what that means is that once God gives you a gift, he never takes it back. Whatever he's put in you, he doesn't come back later and go, you haven't been doing right. I want that gift back. That gift works all the time. Now, let me make a statement to you because you may think about something for a minute. There are people in Hollywood who are very good at what they do. They have a gift from God, but they're using it wrong. Just because you use it wrong doesn't mean God takes it away. That's quite the deal. It's amazing because we were, you know, Shekinah Glory and, and Cindy and Lois, they were Vegas showgirls. They, they, their gift was working in Vegas until they got born again and they went, uh, I think this gift is not for Vegas. So I'm saying this because I don't want you to think that if God ever gives you something or he gave you something, that one day he took it back, you're going to have to develop it. Thank you all. It's quiet in here. Think the gifts that are in you, you have to develop them. Let me, let me share this with you. I believe I have a gift to, to speak. But when I was at Ramah, and I stood up in speech class, it took me one week to come up with four minutes and 30-second talk. It was very, very difficult. It, the gift was in there, but it was completely undeveloped. So don't think that there's not gifts in you. You might want to find out what they are and start working on developing them. You may, some of you may have the gifts of the Spirit in you, tongues and interpretation, prophecy, um, discerning of spirits, but it's not doing any good if you don't notice it and go, I, I, I've noticed something in me, 
I think I'm going to start working on get, developing this and, and using it more until I get better at it. Now, Lisa's written a few songs. I think she's supposed to be writing more. The songs that she's written are beautiful. But, but is that a gift that she might need to start thinking about and working on? Some of the things that you guys do naturally are a gift. And I'm going to make a statement to you. There is no lid on how well you can develop it. Now listen to what I'm going to say. You can become the best in the world at it if you wanted to. That's awesome. Now, Jesus had gifts in him. God put them in there. And he developed those gifts. Don't you think about him raising the dead. The first person he raised from the dead wasn't dead four days. They were just dead a short time. God led him in a progression of raising people from the dead from easy to difficult. And God may do the same thing with you. He may allow you to operate those gifts in a very easy environment. And later, he may go, hey, kick it up a notch. Let's, let's, let's do something with this gift in you. Amen. Um, let's go to another scripture right now. 1 Corinthians 12. The gifts of the Spirit. Now, the gifts of the Spirit are not only for the fivefold ministries. They're for the body. I, I believe that many of you sitting right here have gifts in you dormant. And you think, well, why would God use me? Why would he not? How many of you are going to heaven? Are you worthy for heaven? Then are you worthy for heaven now? Why are you not worthy for the gifts, but you're worthy to go be with Jesus? That's a lie from the devil. That's one of the reasons why you've never really sat back and thought of yourself as maybe I have a gift from God. You may. So it says here, and I'm going to read this to you, and I want you to think about this. 1 Corinthians 12, 4. The diversities of gifts, but it's spirit. Now look at verse 11. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now the chances of you having all the gifts are slim to none, but the fact of you having one or two of them is probably very likely. When Jordan was a boy, every, everyone he laid his hands on was healed. I remembered him laying hands on a young man in this church who had bifocals on. I mean, I'm talking about when he was 10 years old. And God totally healed that young man's eyes. I've never laid hands on anyone with bifocals and God healed their eyes. So I don't run around whining about it. I just look around the room and go, it seems as though God uses Jordan that way more than me. So if we got blind people, I'd probably bring them up here and let Jordan pray for them. Now, with Kevin McNulty, he has found out that God opens a lot of deaf ears with him. Just seems to be an earmark, almost like a card he carries. And he can almost walk up to a complete stranger or a sinner that has no faith and just pray for him and God will open his ears. Well, it doesn't work with me at all. I'm having the trouble getting you to hear anything I say. <laughs> now, see, there may be gifts in you and that may seem, you may go, well, that just is natural. It's not. It's a gift. A lot of people don't have what you have. But a lot of people need what you have. All right. All right. Let's look at another one. Ephesians 4.8. How many of you think that this might become a series? This is a lot of scriptures, right? Now, this is something really fun. 
Ephesians 4.8. And it says, and he says that when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Now, all of my life, I have read that this way, and it's correct. There are men in my life like Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, uh, Rick Renner, Mary Francis, that God has put gifts in the body for me, and, and I've benefited from that. But I've also realized that he took me and made me a gift. T.L. Osborne said something to me one time when I was with him, and he said, you're a pastor everywhere you go. I pastor people that are, don't, have never come in this church and probably never will, and they don't even live in Florida. But I don't stop. That gift doesn't, doesn't work in a popka. It works all the time. But I want to say this to you. There's very likely giftings in you for men. There are things in you that God placed in you. You are a gift to the body of Christ for the body's lifting and edification. Now, there's a lot of different people in this church. I want you to look around this church right now. Tiffany has a gift. Don't ever ask me to do this. Thank you. Because it will not turn out that way. I, first of all, don't care. I like looking at it. I think it's beautiful. But there is a gift in that lady, and she just jumps in it, and it just comes out of her, and it's excellent. Well, see, we need to understand, maybe she's not called to stand up and preach. Maybe she's not called to teach a Bible study. But she can sure make a building look good. And if you ever eat her food, that woman can make a fish taste like anything you want it to taste like. She is phenomenal in the kitchen when it comes to cooking. But those are gifts. Kenny Robinson sitting right here. What a gift of God to this body. Uh, his musical gift, but, but his friendship, his, his wisdom, his faithfulness over the years. And you think that it's just churches are not made up of one guy with a gift. It's made up of a whole group of people that all have gifts from God. And this, I want you to start thinking, because right now God may be taking your, you and using you as a gift for someone else this week and this month that needs what you have inside of you. Amen. Now, it may be preaching. It may be teaching. It might be just encouraging. Yeah. There, there are people who it seems like they're always trying to help somebody out. That's powerful, guys. And there are people, the Bible talks about the gifts of helps. The, the people who run cameras in a church. There's giftings. I've seen, and I'm going to get back to Justin right now. I don't understand all of the ins and outs of technology. It, it kind of drives me a little nuts. When I'm on the computer and I can't figure out how this thing is work, works. But Justin has no trouble. It's almost like him and that computer have a language. And he just gets in there and goes, well, Dad, it's nothing to it. See? And I go, yeah, I got that. But you look around the church at the wall he put up, and you look at the lights, and you look at the stuff, and you go, there's a gift there. There's a gift there. So I'm saying that to you. Right now, you're sitting here, and you are a gift. You are. God has made you a gift. Find out what it is. Now, I'm going to. How am I doing for time? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I want to read something to you. 
It's, it's one of my favorite books. I gave one to Justin. I gave one to my granddaughter last night. But this man right here, his life intrigues me. And it's George Washington Carver. And George Washington was a slave. But he changed the South. One slave boy changed agriculture and the, and the prosperity of thousands and thousands of, of farmers. Because in him is a gift. Now, I, I want you to see that if God could do this with George Washington Carver, what could he do with you? I don't want to read a little bit of it because it fascinates me what this young man was able to pull off. And we're talking about just one person that the world said is a nobody. You got to decide now that you're not a nobody. Don't wait on people to boost you up. You might need, you might need to have a talk with yourself. There's gifts in me. Now listen to this. It says, he says, there's literally nothing that I've ever wanted to do, said the gray-haired old man, that I asked my blessed creator to help me that I have not been able to accomplish. What a statement. Seek and you shall find. What is it God's asked you to do? What is it in you that's in there that God's asked you to accomplish. And, there, and anything he put in you, he will help you do what he's called you to do. Amen. He will help you. Now listen to this, and, and I love this story. He said, one of my most surprising answers to prayer came when I was a little boy of five or six. I had no pocket knife, and how I longed for one. I was very mechanical-minded, and of all things, a boy without a pocket knife. So one night I prayed to the Father to give me a knife, and that night I had a dream, and I dreamed that out in the field where the corn rows joined the tobacco rows was a watermelon cut in half. One half was gouged out, the other half was plump and full, and was leaning against three stalks of corn, and out of it stuck the blade of a pocket knife. The next morning, I could hardly wait till I got through with breakfast, and I scampered out to the cornfield where the corn rows joined the tobacco rows, and I saw a watermelon cut in half. One half and was all gouged out, and the other half was plump and solid, and resting against it, three stalks of corn, and sticking out of it was the black handle of a pocket knife. Does God care about little boys? He loves little boys. You have the habit of talking to flowers or to peanuts and making it give its secrets to you, remarked Jim. How do you do it? You have to love it enough, said Dr. Carver. Anything will give its secrets to you if you love it enough. Maybe I don't love computers. Um, but I love hunting and fishing. Um, I've had miracle after miracle after miracle happen when I'm in the woods. I can tell you where the deer are supernaturally. I can tell you when they're watching me. Isn't that amazing? There's giftings that people have. You have gifts. Um, oh, I got to finish reading this. Not only have I found that when I talk to the little flower or to the peanut, they give their secrets up as he continued as if talking to himself, but I have found out that when I silently commune with people, they give their secrets to me also. If you love people enough in a crowded auditorium of people, I can pick out the spiritual souls at a glance. Now, I want to read one more thing to you. Um, 
This is another one of his stories. And you, the book is out there for sale if y'all want it. Years ago, he said, I went to my laboratory and I said, Dear Mr. Creator, please tell me what the universe was made for. And the great creator said, You've, You want to know too much for the little mind of yours. Ask, ask for something more your size. And I said, Dear Mr. Creator, please tell what man was made for. Ask the Again, the great creator replied, little man, you're asking too much. Cut down the intent of your request and improve the intent, um, the extent of your request. And I said, Mr. Creator, tell me why you made the peanut. That's better, but even then, that is infinite. What do you want to know about the peanut? Mr. Creator, can I make milk out of a peanut? What kind do you want? Good Jersey or plain boarding house? Good Jersey milk. George Washington Carver is the one that created almond milk. God taught him. I'm going to get ahead of myself. The great creator taught me how to take the peanut apart and put it back together. Out of this process came forth all these products. For over an hour... Dr. Carver drew forth from a homemade box of samples a procession of face powder, printer's ink, butter, shampoo, creosol, vinegar, dandruff cure, instant coffee, dyes, rubberized compounds, soap, salads, wood stains. The great creator gave us three kingdoms, the animal, vegetable, and mineral. Now he's added a fourth, the synthetic, and he, the synthet, the synthetic, and he proceeded with his lectures, I breathe to myself, and the greatest, he said, seems to be the synthetic. Here's a man, here's a boy that because of his walk with God took one peanut. Now, I want you to think about this. If one peanut has hundreds of uses, every fruit, every flower out there, has hundreds of uses. No one has ever tapped it. One of the things that um, I love is, is I got a brother-in-law named Dan Leggett. And um, when, when I go up to Tennessee, he's got this big um, shop. It's about the size of, well, not quite the size of this, but maybe the size of four years. And he's been going out in the woods and cutting down oak and hickory and Osage and, and drying them and making bowls out of them, making wooden rings out of them. He just built Lisa a walnut table. It is beautiful. But the things that he's, this is a creative ability in him. But out of that, I begin to learn something. Every tree has a distinct purpose. And when you study wood, you realize that they make bows and arrows out of Osage, but they make fence posts out of, um, what's that? <coughs> Locusts. When you're driving down through um, um, the country in Tennessee, the locusts, you put them in the ground and they'll be there for 50 years. And so every time that you go out in the woods and cut a tree, there's a reason that tree was made and it probably has hundreds. If that's true in a tree, if it's true for a peanut, what is true about you? What's in you that has never been developed? Think, I want you stop for a minute and think about that. There is so much potential in you. <clears throat> Justin and I were talking the other day, and, and he made a statement to me, and, and it's, it's quite true. I, I don't like sitting around and doing nothing. Uh, I remembered one time, and I wanted to learn to fly an airplane. Well, I went out and got in one, and and I learned. I, I I wanted to study meteorology. I wanted to study it, 
And, I, and, and right now to this day, I, I can tell you everything about an Aztec airplane. It holds 144 gallons of fuel. It does 155 knots. It, it has a gross weight of 4,300 pounds. It takes, you've got to be 80 miles an hour to lift off in a, a runway. You know, but see, my mind works that way. It, that computer, forget that thing. But, but, but my dad was an engineer that one of the men that designed the largest airplane in the world, and I have a very strong engineering mind. There's, there's just, my, I, I can do math problems often in, just in my head and just figure it out in my head and, and add and subtract. And I noticed that Josh, my oldest son, he does the same thing. He does math problems in his head. <clears throat> I'm not condemning you if you flunked math. But I want to know what, it is, what is in you that you have never developed. You are a gift. You have attributes from God in you. There are inventions that are waiting and they're in you. There are songs to be written that are in you. There is, there's, there's things that you do that no one else does. <clears throat> are you developing it? Phil Driscoll said, every time I pick up a horn, I play it better than I did the time before. And he's one of the greatest horn players on earth. Now, I'm watching my clock. I want to share something with you crazy. Justin and I, what prompted me along these lines, a couple of things, is that Justin and I were watching a video the other day. And Justin, what's the guy's name? The one that shoots the pistol. The cowboy. He's looking it up in his computer. The fastest in the world. There's a man, Bob, you ought to look him up. <clears throat> and and, and you've got to watch what he's doing, not for the sake of, of shooting guns, but what one man has done with a skill. <clears throat> he takes a pistol that you cock and shoot and cock and shoot, not double action, cowboy gun. And he draws and shoots two balloons so fast your eye cannot see him do it. He does this. That's all you see. And when he, when he started doing it, people said it's trick photography. So they took him and they videoed him with a screaming fast camera. He shoots two balloons and puts the gun up in two one hundred thousandths of a second. That's impossible. They say it's he's faster than the speed of thought. Now, this man is not a tongue-talking devil chasing a holy roller by any stretch. He's just a man that took a gift and, and decided there was no lid Get the lid off your life. Whatever it is you've been wanting to do, the thing hindering you is your own imagination. When I, when I lived in Athens, the Lord began giving me visions of traveling around the world. I couldn't buy Coke was 10 cents then, and I couldn't afford one, but I began dreaming of traveling through the world. Thank y'all. There's a gift in me that made it happen. There is a gift in you that'll take you anywhere you want to go. Why are you not richer? You can be. 
I'm just going to leave it quiet for a minute. Why are you not the head of your department or the owner of the business? You can be. You can be. When I was a block mason and I was a laborer, I was talking to a man named Dwayne one day, and he, I, I asked him about something, and he said, well, if I was a, a laborer, I would own the business in a year. And I thought, I've never thought like that. So I went to work the next day, and I picked up a trowel and decided that I was going to become a mason. And I learned to lay block. I taught myself. I would jump on the wall and lay a block, and they'd holler at me and throw me off the wall. I'd go back to making mud and doing my other jobs, and I would do it very fast so that I had one minute of spare time. And I would jump up on the wall and butter a block, and the mud would fall off. Wouldn't even stay on the block. And I'd put it on there to be crooked, and they'd come and rip my block off, throw it on the ground, tell me to shut up and get out. And I did that and did that and did that until they put me on the wall and left me there. Then I, they fired me later. The boss fired me because I had a new pickup truck, and he didn't. That's honest to God truth. And the next place I went to work, I showed up as a mason. Within a year, I'm running a crew, and I, and I have this thing in me that had I stayed, I would own my own business. I, I, don't, I got to the place where I cannot see myself ever working for another person again. Don't, y'all are exciting. I, I just, I just, I'm always thinking bigger and more and better and better and better. And um, anyway, go to Romans 8 and I got, I got five minutes. Today we develop our bodies and brains and we neglect our soul and our What would happen if many of us begin to develop our spirit? Romans 8, I'm going to to close with this because I'm out of time, but I'm going to to say one more thing and then I'm going to leave a thought with you till next Sunday morning. Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Inside of you, genius. He knows everything. When I first was dating Lisa, I I have always developed myself. I am very conscious of being led by the Holy Ghost. And I've developed it more than most people. Um, I know things. I've I've walked in my house before and seen everything Lisa did that day. You know, that scare you? It does her. Driving down the road with her when we were dating, and the Spirit of God said to me, up ahead is um, a, a couple of highway patrolmen, and they're checking registrations, and it was on Lakeville Road over here. And so I turned to Lisa, and we were in my Toyota And I said, reach in my glove box and get my registration out. And she said, why? I said, well, they're checking for registrations on the road up ahead of us. And she kind of looked at me, and she's like, if that's true, I'm impressed. This man is a man of God. I mean, this guy knows God. So she reaches in there, and she digs out, and it's in an envelope. And I pulled my registration out and held it in my hand. And we came around the corner. And they were sitting there on the side of the road stopping all the cars. And I pulled up and handed them registration and my insurance card. And then I went on down the road. And she looked at me. She goes, how often does that happen? I said, all the time. It actually does. Um, I see things. I've I've developed it over the years. I've developed it so much that I can actually, actually, when I'm praying, I see my sermon 
in the spirit that I'm preaching. I see the scriptures. I see you. I, I see it. But I've developed it. It, didn't, it. it was in there, and I believe that God wants me to develop it more. I, I also, God uses me in tongues and interpretation and prophecy and word of knowledge. And I noticed at one time they were beginning to wane, and that's because I wasn't using them. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to close with this, and I want you to think before we get out of here today, that, that, that person, the Holy Ghost, he knows more than the guy's going to pull you over and ask for registration. He, uh, uh, let me, I got to do this. Barry Hahn was a man that came to, to Rama, and he was a businessman, and he was broke. And he got at Kenneth Hagin's teaching on how to be led by the Spirit. And he started making investments. He said, I had $200. And he would lay the investments out, lay his hands on it. He'd go to his closet and pray in the Holy Ghost a day or two over every investment. Within a few years, he became a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. And he made a statement, I have never lost a dime. Someone say, glory. I'm going to tell you something I did one time for fun. I did it for fun. I wanted to see how well my spirit would know. I took a coin, flipped it in the air, and laid it on my hand. I guessed heads or tails 100 times correctly. Because my spirit man knows. What is it you've got in you right now? Boy, it's quiet in here. Are you thinking? The greater ones, you can be led. You, you, you need, find the job he wants you to have. Find the people he wants you to know. <clears throat> Come on. There are people God wants you to know who they are. They have giftings for you. And when you meet them, man, you're going to go places you've never been. Would God show you about money? Why would he not? I don't think that we're taking the time to pray in the Holy Ghost and let the Spirit of God show us. I've had a few times that I violated what he showed me, and it cost me a lot of money. One, I lost $50,000 one week, and he told me not to do it before I did it. Say, oh, me. Okay, you, you don't do that too often. You go, I won't do that again. And I did another thing one time, and I took $70 and turned it into a quarter of a million dollars. 70,000, 72,000 exactly. Holy Ghost, cool. The Bible says they, that's us, that are led by the Holy Ghost. When we have meetings like we're having right here with Shekinah Glory, more going on than running aisles. Get your spirit, man, tuned up to him. You won't make the same mistakes again. I want to tell you one more story. I was going deer hunting one day, going pig hunting down in Christmas. And I got up that morning and my spirit man had the heebie-jeebies. Don't go. I rolled over and went back to sleep. Listen, Mark, Rick Renner, his family was planning a vacation to Sri Lanka. And the day before they were to fly away, he went to his wife and children and said, I do not know why, 
but we're not supposed to be there. That was the week the tsunami hit. So we often say, why did God allow that to happen to them? Did God? Or did they just not listen? You have, hmm, you have abilities. You have, you have giftings inside of you. Develop them. You are smart. You have wisdom given to you. You have abilities given to you. I want you to start, I want you now to start paying attention to the gift of God you are. Not just a normal Christian going to live and die. You can leave your mark on this planet and do things other people have never done. We'll close with this. Till Osmond was talking to Kevin McNulty. And he said, Kevin, what is your dream for Russia? Kevin was excited. He said, Dr. Osborne, I am going to buy a tent and preach the gospel all over Russia. And Teal said, well, that's not God. And Kevin's like, it's not? He said, no, God doesn't think that small. God would have you have a hundred tents. Kevin said, I can't afford a hundred tents. T.L. said, you can't afford one. So what was he doing? He's stretching his thinking. So Kevin looked at T.L. and said, I will now put a hundred tents. That's not possible. But he did it. He did it. What is it you're supposed to be doing? Is it your thinking that's hindering God? Probably. If Gunder, probably a sinner, can do the impossible, what could a spirit-filled, tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling Christian do? Say, all things are possible to him who believes. I want you to start thinking positive. I'm not talking about just positive thinking. Get your head and line it up with what I preached. I'm a gift. I have gifts. I will develop those gifts. Develop it a little every week. Whatever gift you have, develop it. If you have a mind, develop your mind. If you're spiritual, develop it. Whatever abilities you have, plan on this year doing things you have never done before. And just say, greater is he that's inside of me than he that's in this world. Now, personally, I got goals for myself. One of the reasons that the devil has a hard time killing me, I got things I want to do. I just can't die yet. Got some stuff I want to do. So when my children say to me, Dad, in your day, I'm not sure what that means. I think they think I'm dead. But I'm, no long, I'm not even close to being dead. And I'm not old. Don't expect to see me. Heading to my office anytime soon. Because the way you are outwardly is what's going on inside of you. And I'm still a kid. Lisa calls me one of the boys and I go, amen, baby. You ready to pray? Father God, thank you this morning. So much in here I didn't touch. There's so much in here I didn't even get near it. You said they that are led by the Holy Ghost. I pray that everybody in this room right this minute and watching my video will begin to develop the gifts in them. So much inside of us. So much inside of us. 
that has never been used, never been tapped. So much in, in, in people. So much wisdom, so much knowledge. And I pray, Father God, there may be inventions in here. There may be songs. There's a lot of stuff going on in this room right now that we have never scratched, but it needs to come to the surface. And we ask you to do it in Jesus' name. I want to tell you one more story before I walk away. The Jews just developed a system of creating water out of air. You go to the desert, you put this thing, we know moisture's in the air. They're creating, I think it's 5,000 liters a day. What does that do for the world? What's that do for Africa? What's that do for India? What's that do for people living in the desert? No more tapping down the ground trying to find water. There, it, there are so many things to be invented. I'm done. Say, use me, God. You're the best. You're the best. Tanya, I kind of think, and I'm just... You're going to be going places down there, and you know it. I mean, everybody wants to be Tanya's friend right now. Such a gift in her. And I see her sitting in a seat in the police department way up. Not only that, but influencing the city. Because there's so much wisdom in her. Isn't that amazing? That's not just Tanya. And, and we could, but see, sometimes I see people and I see things. I see a desk. I can see the room right now. I see it. I don't even, I could take you to the police station and show you where it is. Isn't that neat? Anyway, I'm done. How would y'all like to continue this? There's, there's so much here that God wants to develop us.